inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Good to be with you today on the show. AFR.net is our website. AFR.net is our website. They're on the World Wide Web. We also have a mobile app up and running ready for you to download on your mobile device, on your tablet. Go to your app store, type in American Family Radio or type in AFR. Go ahead and download the American Family Radio app. Takes to, takes you just a couple of minutes to do so. We also have our streaming platform up and running. And Bobby, you know, we talked last week about the numbers, the number of users that we had on the platform. If you had to guess today, where would you say we are? Well, I, I think 100% would probably be a good guesstimate. So I'll go with, say, 6,000 subscribers. We are at 5,000 subscribers Close as of enough. this morning. Yeah, so we went that's from, awesome. We went from 3,000 on, I think that was Thursday, to um, 5,000 this morning. Yeah, that's such a blessing. It is. Uh, 5,000 and growing. So let's get it to 6,000. Let's get it to 6,000. Go to streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net, create you an account. You can either create a free account or you can donate monthly to the ministry from the form there on the website, streaming.afa.net. You've got AFA at the core up there. You've got the Hamilton Corner, all of AFA's documentaries and uh, Cultural Institute series, a ton of great content and information there at AFA streaming platform, brand new, about a week old today, streaming.afa.net is the URL to check that out. Yeah, I, I really don't think we can we can emphasize enough the, the content. Just to, just to say that there's content out there just doesn't do it justice. There is so much out there, hmm. uh, so rich for studies and, and things of that nature, small groups. Uh, there, it's just so much out there and, and, and it continues to grow and it's such a blessing and it's, it's great to be a part of. It really is. Absolutely. We've got, uh, the God who speaks Sunday school kid up, up there on the website. We've got in his image. Uh, we have, um, about 15 plus cultural Institute videos. Um, so, a ton of great content out there. And then the daily shows on AFR, we're adding those every week. So right now we got the Hamilton Corner and AFA at the core. We're about to add airing the Addisons, and then we're going to add after that next week uh, today's issues, and we're going to continue on and on adding all the shows that you hear on a daily um, a daily basis here on the network. Hey, our verse of the week on the show is out of the book of Proverbs. We've got a couple verses left in Proverbs chapter 3, then we'll move on to another uh, book or chapter of uh, the Bible. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. So my encouragement for you today and this week is to make your home, make your body, make your heart, make your mind 
a, a, a dwelling of the righteous. May our, uh, may our bodies, may our hearts, may our minds, may our homes, may our workplaces be a dwelling of the righteous. Uh, may that be our calling and may that be our, um, our devotion, not just this week, but every week, every week that we live on this earth. Uh, the Lord curse the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the dwelling of the righteous. That's our scripture for the week. Proverbs chapter three, verse thirty-three. Hey, well, uh, we we dropped in a re-air on Friday because I usually have um I usually have Rick Green of Patriot Academy host for me on Fridays, but when we can't do that, I usually drop in a best of or a re-air. Well, we did that this past Friday, so there was some news that happened over the weekend and on Friday that I just didn't get to bring to you, but here we are now. AFA, we sued the Biden administration on Friday morning, all right? American Family Association, we uh, petitioned the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals in New Orleans uh, to render the Biden jab mandate for uh, companies with over 100 employees, which AFA qualifies for, uh, we ask the we petition the Fifth Circuit to render that order illegal because it is, it's blatantly illegal. Uh, the executive branch, Washington D.C., the bureaucrats have no jurisdiction, no authority, um, no legal precedent to require. Every private company in the the homeland in America to give their employees two options. Get an experimental shot or have your nose swabbed every week. There's no precedent for that. Uh, So we sued the Biden administration. And on Saturday morning, about 24 hours after we petitioned the Fifth Circuit, we received a a temporary victory here where the Fifth Circuit put President Biden's mandate on hold pending further review, pending a further hearing uh, by the Fifth Circuit. So that was a victory this past weekend uh, by the Fifth Circuit. So AFA was granted temporary relief by by the Fifth Circuit against the Biden administration over the weekend. So that's something to uh, rejoice about. Hey, uh, American Family News has been covering this, so if you want to read more, just go to AFN.net, AFN.net, and read the story there. Uh, That's American Family News. That's the news you hear at the top of the hour, uh, every hour, here on American Family Radio. So AFN.net is that URL. We've got a story right up there on the homepage. And this is, you know, folks, this is not complicated. Let Let me reiterate, this is not complicated, all right? The Biden administration has no legal right, no constitutional right, no legal avenue uh, to force this jab on America. All right. They have no legal right to do this. And and, and, and we're at a point, folks, where we just got to disobey. All right. We just got to disobey because there, there's no way we can let Washington, D.C. get away with this. Because, as I said last week, if the Biden administration or any other administration for this matter can force you and I to take an experimental shot with all kinds of adverse reactions, all kinds of adverse events recorded, if they can do this, 
in the name of public health, in the name of science, even though it's not contributing in a good way to either one of those, then they can do whatever they want. They can mandate anything. They can mandate that you and I don't drive our car to work because of climate change. Instead, we should ride our bike or walk. The orders will know no bound. There, I mean, there's literally nothing on the, off the table that they can't do if they get away with this. And you can think of the most wild scenarios where you go, but Walker, uh, they won't be able to do this. Well, why not? Why not? I mean, they've already rendered climate change, which is the biggest hoax probably uh, in the top five of the biggest hoaxes in American history, is this whole climate change thing. And what keeps them from rendering it an, a national emergency and issuing some OSHA standard where we can't use gas-operated machinery anymore? Oh, but Walker, they would never do that. Well, why not? <laughs> I mean, we're at a point, folks, where there, there's no there's no wild scenario that you can tell me that they won't do. These folks will do whatever we let them do. Well, somebody that I admire, Dan Bongino, he is speaking out. And he is encouraging each and every one of us, every company that falls under this illegal mandate, to refuse to comply. Clip three, let's listen. These people are animals, ladies and gentlemen. They are savages. They are eager to punish you and destroy you. They will do it. It is time for mass civil disobedience on a scale we haven't seen. They cannot come for all of us at the same time. It's not possible. I spoke to Steve Dace yesterday on my radio show. He made a great point. Elections aren't enough to fix this. Till we get through in the American psyche that is more of us than them, and they work for us, that's a fact. That is a fact. And until there is mass civil disobedience in protest for freedom and liberty elsewhere, none of this is going to stop. Make them feel it. There you have it. Mass civil, civil disobedience is what we need, and we need it right now. All right? We need it right now, and we're going to be a part of that, folks. We're going to be a part of that. I, I, I commented to American Family News on Friday regarding uh, Biden's illegal dictate. We're just not going to do it. All right? We can petition the courts. That's fine. We can go to the courts. We can use the judicial system to swat this down. Um, but it's illegal from the get-go, all right? So we're just looking for courts to reaffirm that which we already know is true and that this entire system, this entire way of operating in Washington, D.C. is invalid. So we're not going to obey illegal dictates. And folks, uh, God set up civil government to push and to promote righteous rules, righteous laws, and what we're experiencing now is the opposite of that. And, folks, there's more information coming out about these jabs that is just not looking pretty. It's just not looking good for our country. And I've got this for you right now. This is, I mean, I'm overwhelmed with information that, 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 that does not look good for these shots. All right? We've been told lies the past 10 to 12 months on these shots. Actually, longer than that. Um, but since these shots have been on the market, we've been we've been pushed this narrative, this bill of goods, that these things are safe and effective. Remember the whole 90% number? 
I mean, we were told that these shots have a 90% efficacy rate. We were told that they're 100% safe and effective. No caveats, <laughs> no disclaimers, 100% safe and effective. And we've had doctors, scientists, public health officials pushing this jab on pregnant women, even though there's no studies on the safety and efficacy on pregnant women. You look at the clinical trials, every one of them, phase one, phase two, phase three, what do they all say in them? At the very bottom, they note pregnant women were not included in the clinical trials. Why? Because it has been historically unethical to include innocent little babies and their mom in clinical trials. They just don't do that because even the folks conducting the clinical trials, they have some kind of moral compass. And they say, we're not experimenting on little babies in the womb. And so you just can't say, absolutely, this is safe and effective for pregnant women when they don't even know. They haven't even run the clinical trials. And I covered the, 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 the Pfizer scandal last week out in Texas where one of the, their subsidiaries running one of the phase three clinical trials, uh, they were having all kind of red flags being thrown up over these Pfizer clot shots. And guess what, guess what happened to the lady, the director uh, of basically quality control, quality assurance in Texas? Guess what happened to her when she raised the alarm? She was fired the next day. She filed a, a Food and Drug Administration complaint with the FDA. And what happens to her? She's fired, and she cannot talk anymore. We can't hear from her. We all have to push the narrative. Well, uh, I reviewed this uh, FDA briefing document back from late October. And on page five of this briefing document, which I will post on my podcast page at AFR.net, on page five of this briefing document, the FDA document admits that under certain circumstances and scenarios, a child's risk of suffering from myocarditis, which is a heart issue caused by the shot, is equal or greater than them suffering from a COVID infection. I'm going to read specifically from this FDA briefing document after the break. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wildman. Stay tuned. We'll have a special guest next segment. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. My name is Abraham Hamilton III and this is the Hamilton Minute. According to the most recent reports provided by the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, researchers looked at fertility rates for women of all age groups and ethnicities and found the nationwide rate was 16% lower than what is needed for a population to replace itself. There has been much discussion about the demographic winter in various European countries. Well, that demographic winter has reached the United States. The first command God gave mankind in Scripture was be fruitful. But man has the penchant to fancy his own ways over God's. Rejecting God's ways always carries severe consequences. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Adolescent death by suicide has reportedly grown nearly 20% over the past four years. We must equip our girls in the fight against mental health struggles. Some parents fear that talking to kids about suicide will make the attempt more likely, but the NIH instructs that having a pointed conversation about suicide is actually the first step in prevention. Raising a godly girl means talking about all issues, even suicide, with a Christ-centered message. Share the words of Psalm 34:18. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. Together, program the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline number into her phone. It's a simple, actionable step that could make all the difference in the future. We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Maybe this is you too. A lot of people do not like their health plan right now, and they're worried they're stuck with it. One that costs too much or doesn't meet their needs or for whatever reason, they're just not happy with it. If that is you, some great news. There really is another choice. It's called MediShare, and it's such a great option, especially if you're self-employed, changing jobs, or part of the gig economy. Here's what you get when you switch to MediShare. First, huge savings. The typical family saves $500 a month. You also get a massive doctor network, or you can just use the doctor of your choice, or MediShare's free 24-7 telehealth option. And you get to be part of something you can believe in. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills. No wonder MediShare gets double the customer satisfaction ratings compared with typical health insurance. So no, you are not stuck. You've got a great alternative. Call now. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on American Family Radio Network. I'll, I'm going to jump back into this FDA um, briefing document from the Emergency Use Authorization Amendment for Pfizer BioNTech. Uh, COVID-19 vaccine that was submitted on October 26, 2021. We'll review this after our guest. Hey, I want to welcome to the line the governor of the Magnolia State. Governor Tate Reeves has been on AFA at the core before, and he's back. Uh, Governor Reeves, welcome back to the core. Thanks for having me on this afternoon. Hey, Governor Reeves, I just want to applaud you uh, before we jump in to these uh, uh, Lord, I've been calling him Lord Biden. Uh, I feel like we're living in a, in a kingship here in America. Um, but but I want to applaud you for, for holding off on a special session on the marijuana issue. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of forces, a lot of momentum in the state of Mississippi uh, trying to get some form of marijuana. Some call it medical marijuana, but there's an argument that they're really going for the recreational marijuana. Uh, but I want to applaud you for holding off on that because, look, uh, where we are in America, where we are in Mississippi today, there are so many pressing issues that you could you could justify a special session for. Um, and, and marijuana just isn't at the top of the list. Um, uh, but I'll go ahead and get your, get your feedback on that and what you, what you expect the legislature to do come uh, next year, just in a couple months when they reconvene. Do you expect them to... to uh, move on this medical marijuana issue? Well, Walker, that's, that's a great question, and, and there's certainly 
um, a lot of pressure by outside forces. I'll tell you, there's there's some in-state uh, individuals that are that are working hard on this, but there's a lot of out-of-state folks. There's a lot of money in the industry uh, that are pushing very hard. You know, I've been very clear from the beginning. I was opposed to Initiative 65. Um, I thought it went way too far. But I also respect the will of the people, and I'm willing to do a true medical marijuana program in our state for those who really need it. However, the bill that the legislature has drafted that is before, um, that is being uh, contemplated and discussed, in my opinion, goes way beyond just medical marijuana. It's much closer to recreational than it is to medical. And I'm just not interested in doing that in our state. And while there are certainly some forces within the legislature that do want to do that, I'm not one of them. And so we're going to continue to try to get them to a much more reasonable uh, amount of marijuana that is available to any one individual. Um, and and hopefully we'll be able to get them there. Yeah, I hope so. And this is, you know, we, we, this is a conservative state. So uh, our folks got to, uh, I just want to encourage the voters out there in Mississippi, you know, we got to be caref- very careful about this, um, about bringing, welcoming marijuana into the state of Mississippi. Um, this needs to be done very strategically. We do not need to turn into Colorado 2.0, uh, where you got dope dispensaries on every block of the of the city, including by churches um, and other other uh, family friendly uh, areas or uh, uh, coding coding areas in different cities. Hey, Governor Reeves, I want to jump to this uh, Biden administration. I mean, I've never seen anything like this. You know, we th- I tell people this is uh, uh, Biden's making Obama look a little conservative or a little moderate because of how I mean, how how rabid these guys are, and these these uh, these ladies that are pushing this stuff from the Biden administration. Uh, talk a little bit about uh, Mississippi's case at the Fifth Circuit that actually got a temporary uh, a victory this past Saturday. Well, we're very pleased that the Fifth Circuit did, in fact, um, stay the vaccine mandate. Of, uh, you know, we have three different uh, separate and individual pieces of litigation ongoing right now. One is from the OSHA requirement for those uh, employers that have more than 100 employees. The other is the mandate required by the Department of Defense for any defense contractor. And then the third piece, uh, Walker, is the, the one that they just announced last week in which they're trying to mandate healthcare workers get the vaccine um, through uh, any uh, entity that receives money from CMS, which of course is basically Medicare and Medicaid. But the bottom line with all three of these is they're unconstitutional. The Biden administration has made it clear that they're going to ignore the Constitution. They made it clear that they're going to ignore the laws of the land of of the United States. And quite frankly, they're going to ignore the science and the facts and everything else. They want to act as if, for instance, that natural immunity does not exist. Well, of course it exists, but they don't even contemplate that uh, in these crazy regulations that they're putting out. And so we did get a a win at the Fifth Circuit. The Fifth Circuit said that the um, employer mandate of those individuals that have over 100 employees is not going to go into effect until they have the opportunity to hear uh, the federal government's case. And so this is a big win for Mississippi. It's a big win for conservatives across America. Um, But it's just the the, the next step, and we've got to continue to fight. And, And as long as I'm governor, I can assure you that uh, here in Mississippi, we're going to fight these unconstitutional, illegal mandates. Yeah, you know this. This is Governor Reeves. This is so critical. And and what I try to help my listeners understand, and I try to help myself understand at times, is this is not really a left. We're at the point where this is not a left-right issue. Uh, this is not R versus D. 
um, type issue. This is, I mean, can states, number one, can states run, do states have any authority, uh, but also do private companies have any authority as well? And this is, folks, this this is, this um, affects all of us. Even if you don't agree with my politics or you don't agree with Governor Reeves, uh, this stuff has, has implications that affect people of all backgrounds, companies, all different kinds of companies and religious organizations. Uh, states ought to have the right, Governor Reeves, uh, to to manage themselves. I mean, this this stuff out of Washington D.C. from these bureaucrats um, is so out of touch and, and unprecedented. Uh, let me ask you this: um, the um, uh, the the Fifth Circuit gave uh, the state of Mississippi temporary relief. They gave American Family Association temporary relief and about twenty other plaintiffs uh, that were petitioning the Fifth Circuit. Um, uh, do you suspect that this is going to go to the Supreme Court? I certainly do do believe that this case, uh, now that the Fifth Circuit has agreed uh, to stay it and then ultimately to give us our day in court immediately at the at the Fifth Circuit level, uh, it gives it a pretty good opportunity and a pretty good chance that this is going to ultimately end up uh, in the United States Supreme Court. But Walker, one of the things I want to reiterate is you're exactly right. Um, you know, I, I know that there are those who agree with me and those who disagree with me. I personally uh, support the vaccine. I, I took the vaccine, but I also don't believe government has the right to tell you or me or anyone else um, what what we ought to do uh, with respect to what's in our own uh, best interest from a health standpoint. And the fact is, if the president of the United States can unilaterally, without Congress passing a law, without the states agreeing to it, if the President of the United States can force you to get a jab in your arm or make you lose your job, what can the President of the United States not do? And that's the big issue at uh, question here. That's, exi- that's exactly right, Governor Reason. I mean, th- this opens the door to endless endless dictates from Washington, D.C. Um, and I'll guarantee you if it was the other way around and this was a, a President Trump or a President DeSantis or whatever, uh, throwing down dictates from these bureaucrats in Washington, the left would would have a big major issue with it, and I would probably actually be joining their suits as well. <laughs> um, well, Go- Governor, that's exactly right. Yeah, Governor Reeves, um, uh, I just want to I just want to encourage you because look, the the pressure from the left is tremendous. I mean, these folks are vicious. They 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 have no limits to what is on the table, what is off the table. I mean, I even I even played a, uh, I heard a clip this morning of the Surgeon General saying that that now they're going after companies with less than 100 employees uh, with this uh, this shot mandate. So I just want to encourage you to keep up the fight. I mean, th- this is a critical time for states' rights and for the rights uh, of Americans just to be able to operate and live freely uh, from government uh, dictates. So uh, kudos to you and the Attorney General of Mississippi, and please keep up the good work. And I'll give you the last word. Well, thank you so much for having me on. Thank you for those words of encouragement. And let me just conclude by by asking everybody uh, across your viewership, continue to pray for our leaders, pray for uh, those of us in Mississippi, because we're going to continue to fight the fight because we believe we're on the right side of history here. Amen. Thank you, Governor Reeves. We'll have you on again. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. There you have it. That's Governor Tate Reeves of the state of Mississippi, folks. So we, we need, number one, we need fighters in this country which Governor Reeves is doing just that. He and the Attorney General Lynn Fitch, they are fighting for our country. And when when people are fighting for what's right, we need to encourage them. We need to encourage them because 
there sure is a lot of hate out there, but there's not always a lot of love. Uh, so we need to encourage those who are fighting on our behalf, whether it be elected officials, whether it be companies, uh, whether it be judges, whatever, whoever's fighting for the right thing, uh, we need to give them a pat on the back. Uh, and we got to keep fighting. We got to stand firm. And I just want to, I just want to encourage you, all of the listeners out there. You know, this is. Um, I don't like the talk about, you know, our country's done. We're over. This is it. Um, you know, I, I just don't think that's the case. And I, I don't know how we can make blanket statements like that in good conscience because you look across the country, uh, c- conservative ideals are winning over and over again. All right. I mean, the, the, the only exception to that is the Biden victory and that, that, that quote unquote victory was clouded in all kind of scandal in states across the country and how they conducted their elections. I mean, and that that's not conspiracy theories. That's not uh, voting machines being hacked language. I mean, you look at what states did, uh, specifically these blue states like Pennsylvania, even look at what happened in Georgia. You look at what happened in Arizona. I mean, what happened at the ballot box in November and the, and the weeks following that was was scandalous, to put it mildly. Um, and you had all kind of rules and regulations that, that direct how elections should be run. Half that stuff was thrown out the window under this emergency guise. Um, and things were just not on the up and up. All right. Um, and so you, you take the Biden, uh, the Biden election and put it to the side. You look at everything else. Republicans won. And let me let me say conservatives before I start being too generic here. Conservatives won up and down the ballot across the country in 2020. I mean, uh, New Hampshire, the entire New Hampshire legislature and the governorship is run by Republicans. All right. You look in Virginia last week. Virginia's a blue state, or at least it was. Virginia was a blue state up until last week. Biden won run Virginia by 10 points. All right. Um, so, so, uh, before we just start, you know, uh, jumping, jumping off the boat, uh, uh, the, the boat that is America claiming that this ship has long, you know, uh, lost its anchor. Um, we've got to keep fighting and not to mention all of this is being discussed that I'm talking about here, leaving out the most important part. And that is that God's word calls us to be salt and light wherever we're placed. God's word calls us to be salt and light wherever we are placed. And that's not a, a political uh, encouragement. That's not hinged to a party or to whether the person you like wins re-election. That's hinged to the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's hinged, uh, that's tied to God's word. And that's a direct order from God himself that we are to be salt and light in a lost and dying world. So we're going to keep doing that. We're going to keep doing that no matter the cost, and no matter the outcome. We're going to keep being salt and light. Speaking of outcome, the uh, man, the Biden administration, um, this is not looking good for them. When it when you, we're talking about uh, whether the American people agree with what Biden is doing, whether they like the administration, I mean, this is not looking good. Here's some numbers for you. I covered this a little bit last week, but the vice president Kamala Harris. Well, first off, um, the president, Biden, he's at a 37.8% approval rating. 
He's at a 37.8% approval rating, and that's with the media covering him. (laughs) That's with the media protecting him. Well, the vice president, who I don't even, once again, I don't even know what she does. I, I really, and I'm not being sarcastic. I'm not being disrespectful to the office of the vice president. I really don't know what she does. I don't see her doing press conferences. I don't see her traveling to different states doing, you know, Uh, liaison work. I really don't know what she does as vice president, but nonetheless, she is sitting at 27.8% approval rating. I mean, if anything, she should be higher than Biden because she's not doing anything to mess up. Um, But she's sitting, the vice president is sitting at 27.8% approval rating (laughs) with uh, 51.2% disapproving of of her performance in office. Um, That's more than 23 percentage points underwater. So this is all according to USA Today, Suffolk University poll, and you can't tell me those are are conservative outfits. All right, USA Today, Suffolk University poll. Not looking good for the Biden administration, And, and I believe this is why they're moving so fast. I believe this is why they're moving so fast on all these radical policy ideas, a radical policy agenda items, is because they know their time's limited. They know their time's limited, and you throw a Republican majority House and Senate in the in in the in Washington D.C. in January 2023. Uh, this whole Biden agenda is going to come to a screeching halt. There will be no more Biden agenda. It will be a lame duck president for two years, um, and not much will get done. Which, as I've mentioned before, uh, that will actually be a good thing for our country. The less Washington does, the better off we are uh, across the country. The reason I gave the little caveat about Republicans a minute ago is because, folks, I want to encourage you to um, to vote. When you vote, when you support candidates for public office, whether it be at the at the local level, such as mayor, city council, a state representative, federal representative, U.S. senator, support the candidate. Let's, let's just forget this whole party thing. It's obviously not boding well for our country. Let's forget this whole party thing. And I've got a story today. Republican National Committee announces Pride Coalition partnership with log cabin Republicans ahead of the midterms. Well, who's log cabin Republicans? Well, they're the sexually deviant homosexual pride group that calls themselves Republicans. And the RNC, the Republican National Committee, they're partnering with these folks. Absolutely unbelievable. Support the candidate. Stop sending money to the party. We'll be back in a few minutes. What does the American Family Association stand for? AFA aims to evangelize the lost and disciple the believer. AFA aims to strengthen biblical marriages and equip parents to raise godly children. These values and more are part of our mission to inform, equip, and activate individuals to strengthen the moral foundations of our culture. We also support the church. We want to be a leading organization in biblical worldview training for cultural transformation. Thank you for standing with us. In His Image, delighting in God's plan for gender and sexuality. I loved it. I loved how biblically sound it was, all the scripture to back it up. The testimonies were very powerful. 
if it's a prodigal child that has just run away or one that's caught up in same-sex attraction. There's hope in Jesus. In His Image is now available on DVD and can be purchased in bulk to pass out to friends and family. Order today by visiting afastore.net. Hi, I'm David, and this month's By Design Challenge is called Thankful for Family. We're asking the entire family in your household to participate in this one. Scripture tells us that we are to be sober-minded and alert for the schemes of Satan. One area where he loves to bring about division, of course, is in the family. This month, we're asking families to do activities together. Mom, you can assign Thanksgiving dishes for everyone to make, from dad to the toddler. Play some games together, or why not go look for a Christmas tree together? There are so many things you can do to bond more with your family. Take a picture and share it on the By Design Facebook page with the hashtag ThankfulForFamily. Go to afa.net forward slash by design to be encouraged. That's afa.net forward slash by design. And remember that our marriage is God's marriage, and it's worth fighting for. One man, one woman for life. Hi, I'm John Sorensen, president of Evangelism Explosion, and this is Share Life Today on American Family Radio. Have you ever been unsure about how to start sharing the gospel? Maybe you're ready to talk about spiritual things with the people in your life, but you're just not sure how to bring it up. As we enter this time of get-togethers with family and friends over the holidays, I'd like to share with you some springboards that can help you start a spiritual conversation. Well, one of the best ways to begin is by telling your friends how having a relationship with Christ has changed you for the better. We call these God stories. And the more we walk with Christ, the more we have these to share. Start by telling them something that you've seen God do in your life, like a change he's brought about, an answered prayer, or even a restored relationship. End your God story with a statement of confidence that you have concerning heaven and eternal life. And this will open the door to sharing more. For tips and tools about how you can start a gospel conversation, visit our website at sharelife.today. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to AFA at the Core here on the American Family Radio Network. Last segment, we had Governor Tate Reeves of the state of Mississippi, my home state here, talking about uh, his administration moving uh, to help strike down uh, the illegal Biden jab mandate. And uh, by the way, uh, that was the same victory I talked about about American Family Association. There was about 20 parties, thereabouts, roughly 20 parties mentioned by the Fifth Circuit in their temporary relief order. One of those, well, two of those, the state of Mississippi and American Family Association. Those were two out of the 20 parties that were cited by the Fifth Circuit. So same court case there that I was talking about that also Governor Reeves was talking about. In studio, I want to welcome to AFA at the Core for the first time ever, my sister. You know, everybody listens to my brother Wes and I, Jew and Jaw, each Tuesday and Thursday, and I know people get a kick out of it, but my sister <laughs> is in studio with us, and Bobby, I mean, Bobby about had to drag Riley into the studio. Yeah, she's a tough tough one to catch, yeah. I can tell you yeah. that. Hey, Riley. Hey, Walker. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. You know, you're you're like one of the greatest parts of the Wildman family. 
So oh, Wes and I, we're all right, but you're great. I'm great. <laughs> you're great. Hey, uh, Riley I'm is shy, Walker. I'm you are shy. shy. That's why. That's why Bobby had to drag her. I know. Shy. I know. <laughs> but here, I, Bobby called me. I think Thursday, and he was like, "Hey, I'm having a hard time getting Riley on." And I was like, "Tell her that I'm her brother, and I said she's coming on." <laughs> that's basically how Amen. it works. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, Riley is the director of our AFA Foundation. All right, and they handle a couple of different things. But Riley, one of the things y'all handle. Handle is charitable gift annuities. Y'all been doing this for several years now. Tell our listeners a little bit about a charitable gift annuity. Okay, I'll be glad to. Yes, um, a charitable gift annuity is basically a um, you give a gift to American Family Association and American Family Radio. Um, the minimum amount Walker to fund a charitable gift annuity is two thousand dollars. It used to be around five thousand, but um, it has gone down to two thousand dollars. And basically, our donors can give a gift um, to the ministry and, in return, receive permanent income coming back to them for their lifetime. Uh, they can receive that annually or monthly, ever how they would like to receive the income. And uh, once they pass away, uh, anything left over is a gift back to the ministry. Um, the IRS does require um, to to it for it to be only two life, um, so or a one life. So you can only have two people on the charitable gift annuity, and then. Like I said, if this one of the spouse or the other sibling or somebody passes away, um, then anything left over is a gift back to the ministry. So that would be like a beneficiary? Yes. So uh, okay. the beneficiary would basically be American Family Association. Gotcha. Okay. And so uh, uh, the reason I wanted to bring this up is because we're heading into December, heading into the end of the year. Uh, a lot of our listeners out there love to find a way to get more tax deductions, and uh, which is good for them. Um, and one of the ways, Riley, is a charitable gift annuity. Yes, sir. And uh, you do they do receive a tax deduction the year that they set up the charitable gift annuity. Okay. So that is um, it's about one-third of a tax deduction that they receive the year that they set up the charitable gift annuity. Gotcha. And we we have been um, very busy uh, the, the su- this summer and leading into the fall and the end of the year. We've just been plugging along and been very blessed. And we keep um, getting people to just continue to call. We have multiple people um, set up multiple charitable gift annuities, not just one time, but we have two or three people continue to just um, set one up even every year, Yeah, actually. And so um, that's just a blessing, and we're hoping to end their year very strong. Let me, let me ask you this, and this is out of my curiosity, and our listeners probably wanting the same thing. Is there a minimum age that you can uh, well, let's say I'm 28. I can go ahead and let's say I want to give 10000 to AFA Foundation as a CGA. At what point can I start withdrawing that? You get the earliest, I would say you could probably withdraw it based on the 10% um, tax ramifications and everything. I would probably say maybe 55 or 60. But honestly, uh, Walker, the longer they wait to receive the income, um, the higher the rate of return is and the more that gotcha. they will receive back for the rest of their life. Okay, so, so that, that's all calculated based on IRS regulations? Correct, probably. correct. We have a um, software that we use called Crescendo, and it um, all we have to do is plug in the age, and then we also defer it, like you were mentioning, like 55 or 60 or 70, and then it'll tell us what the person will receive for their lifetime. Let, let me ask you the last thing here. Okay. And I'm, I'm setting myself up for a CGA here. Um, <laughs> on my own show. Um, 
can can your deferment age change throughout or does it have to be set when you go into the CGA? Yes, it has to good question. It has to be set. You have to let us know up front when you when, when you do the CGA. You, correct. You okay. have to let us know up front when you want to receive the income. We have what they call which is a great tool called a flexible deferred, which means um, you can wait up to 10 years to receive the income. So, for your example, you could say, "Hey, um I would like to receive the income anywhere between ages 60 and 70. And so what that means is you would just give us a call if you turn 60. And Somewhere say, between that window. Correct. Those 10-year ten, ten window. And so what you would do is just call us and say, hey, I actually don't need the income at my age of 60. I, I want to wait till the next year. But when you turn 70, you have to receive the income at that particular time. Gotcha. That's great. Well, this is... Very good information. Thank you, Riley, for coming on. Yes, thank you, Walker, for having me. All right, folks, that's my sister, Riley with a W, not an R. Riley with a W because my mom wanted us all to have names that started with W. So I'm Walker, my brother's Wesley, and my sister is Riley with a W, W-R-I-L-E-Y, and she is director of the AFA Foundation. And what we're going to do, folks, uh, for those of you who would like to contact Riley, my sister, uh, about information about a CGA or a charitable gift annuity, we're going to place the URL on my podcast page at AFR.net. And this is what we do every day, uh, what my producer Bobby and I do every day on my podcast page. And this is why it's so helpful and important for you to go there and at least have it bookmarked or somewhere where you can get to it quickly every day is all the topics we talk about, some of the major stories we hit um, and resources we cover, we link to those on my podcast page at AFR.net on the uh, website there uh, uh, at AFA at the Core. We link to it there. So if you just go to AFR.net, click on AFA at the Core show page and go to the latest show that you want to find out information about. And there we'll have all the uh, URL links for you to click through on all the information we cover. So we'll post Riley's information, the AFA Foundation information, on the website at AFR.net on my AFA at the core podcast page. Jumping back into the news of the week, um, I mentioned to Governor Reeves about the U.S. Surgeon General now opening the door saying, quote, nothing is off the table as it relates to these small businesses and this uh, uh, dictate from the Department of Labor through their OSHA division. Well, this is... The um, U.S. Surgeon General, Vivek Murthy, on ABC's This Week just uh, yesterday talking about how, sure, we can start expanding this mandate to companies with less than 100 employees. Clip four, let's listen. And Dr. Murthy, if the law survives legal challenges, will the administration be extending the mandate to smaller employers with fewer than 100 employers employees? Well, Martha, certainly nothing is off the table at this moment, but the focus right now is on implementing uh, the current rule that OSHA put out. And finally, let me just emphasize that these rules actually work. What we've seen in a report issued recently was that on average, businesses that put these requirements in place see a 20% increase in vaccination rates, often boosting them into the 90s. So if we realize, as we have over the past year, that vaccination is our one of our key pathways out of this pandemic, these requirements will do a lot to get us to where the finish line. <laughs> so, well, he starts off saying, well, Martha, certainly nothing is off the table at this moment. So sure, we got a mom and pop business with five employees or two employees. 
they're going to have to get the jab or they're going to have to get their nose swabbed every week or they're going to have to put on a face mask to where they can't breathe. They're going to have to do that under this administration. He goes on to say that, oh, these, these type mandates, oh, they're working. They're working. Well, by what measure? He goes on to talk about, well, companies who do this, they increase their vaccination rate by 20%. Well, that's not success, all right? More jabs clearly does not mean success because the jabs are proving themselves to be very ineffective. And that's, that's one thing we can't forget in all of this legal jargon and constitutionality and all that's important, folks. But if the thing don't work, to use my Southern slang, if the thing don't work, the entire argument behind all of this crumbles to pieces to the ground. All right? In order to have any sense of standing to make to, to, to compel me that this is a good move, you first got to show me that the jab works. And if you can't show me that it works and that it's 100% efficacy and safe, then this entire, we're all spinning our wheels. We're all, uh, uh, you know, this is an exercise in futility. If the thing just don't work, and uh, I mean, I hate to be so blunt, and I know there's a lot of people out there listening that have already gotten this jab, um, and, and that's their choice. They're adults. They can make a decision on their own, and that's fine. And I've said all along, um, uh, we're against mandates. We're against mandates and dictates. Um, if people want to make a decision, you know, I, I joked on today's issues last week with my father and Ed Battagliano and Fred Jackson, you know, I don't go around slapping Big Macs out of people's hands because they're unhealthy, because it's not good for you. Um, because if, if somebody wants to eat a Big Mac, well, that's their own choice. And if they have eat a Big Mac every day for 20 years, then you start having diabetes and heart issues in 20 years. Well, my friend, <laughs> you made an, an adult decision to eat unhealthy for 20 years in a row. And I, it's not my job to go around babysitting everybody. Um, and the same, the same logic, the same uh, way of thinking applies to this. Um, if folks want to get the shot, it's available. I'm not going to force people or recommend people or push people to get something that they don't want to get. Um, and I'm not going to shame people who have it. Because what good does that do? What good does that do? Um, but the other side, they just don't see eye to eye. And uh, they they disagree with everything I just said, and they think it should be mandated. And if you don't have it, you should be shamed, uh, no matter who you are. Speaking of being shamed, the um, uh, San Francisco is about to force anybody that's older than five to have the jab. Anybody that's older than five has to have the jab to go anywhere in San Francisco, to go to restaurants, to go to entertainment venues, and to go to sporting events. San Francisco will soon require children as young as five to get this experimental shot. You know, this is, some people act shocked at where we are as a country, but you consider the fact that we've killed 70 million babies in the womb since 1973, are we really shocked? 
You know, and and, and don't get me wrong, this is this is horrendous. Putting putting six year olds through an experiment so they can get this shot, which even Pfizer and the FDA say they are equally or more likely to get myocarditis health issues than they are to actually get COVID. Um, to to want to put kids through this, I mean, this is absolutely wicked. Uh, but this is the same culture that has said it's okay to kill babies in the womb. And let me read this FDA report, by the way, that I totally forgot to get back to. If you look on page five of this um, report submitted by Pfizer into the FDA for review, on page five, they say, at the lowest evaluated COVID-19 incidence, I'm going to put this in layman terms because I'm about tired of the science jargon, but what they're saying here is is when, when COVID is not spreading as much in, in the community, the predicted number of vaccine-associated myocarditis cases was greater than the predicted number of COVID-19 hospitalizations prevented for males and for both sexes combined. Layman terms, folks. I'm putting it in layman terms here. Basically... Pfizer is submitting that when COVID isn't really spreading very much, which is pretty often, that theoretically, according to their numbers, we could have more, (laughs) this is unbelievable, we could have more children hospitalized with myocarditis as an adverse reaction to the jab than we could hospitalized over COVID. So we're about to basically... Put kids in the hospital with myocarditis intentionally over an upper respiratory illness that in the vast majority of children serves as a common cold. And this myocarditis, it can do irreparable, unreversible heart damage to these children. To where in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, they're having heart issues because of the jab. When, when you get COVID, you get COVID and you're done. You got natural antibodies. You're done at least for a long time. You get this experimental shot and you get a heart defect, a heart issue because of this experimental shot. That's something, for friends, you can't reverse. AFA at the core. I'm Walker Wobbin. We'll see you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.